Well, we're here for another season of, of, of the Open Mic Podcast uh, after taking a little break for a while. And uh, so our, our the guest today, first first guest for season three yeah. of Open Mic is Dr. Steve Lennox, who is the who is the president of Kingswood University and uh, and and a Bible scholar, I, I might add. And so uh, today we're going to talk about you know, some different things, but mainly uh, the topic of of deconstruction, which is a really hot topic right now and one that uh, one that there's a lot of controversy and and uh, a lot of different opinions on. So. So uh, welcome, Steve. Thanks, Thanks for taking the time to do this. Oh, it's a delight to be on, Mike. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah, and uh, so why don't we just start out uh, for for maybe you know anybody who might be watching and doesn't really uh, isn't like super. They might know you're president of the college, or but they don't they don't know your story. Why don't you just tell us your story a little bit of how you how you got to this point? Yeah, sure. Um, I discovered that I was put on this earth to teach and preach the Bible, help people understand God. Uh, I realized that early on um, once I began in ministry. And my call to ministry was very, very dramatic. It occurred in, high, in uh, college, first year of college, very clear that the direction I was going in, which was I was going to be a gym teacher, uh, that that wasn't what God had I in I can mind. tell you, you still have the physique. You still have that, you know. <laughs> But it was, it was a very dramatic moment. Uh, and, and often I would point to that as kind of the beginning of my maturation and development as to what I was supposed to do with my life. But actually, my mom reminded me that it, it all started way back before I was born. I know this is kind of a bizarre place to begin a testimony, but, um, but when my mom was pregnant with me, she was complaining because I was going to be number three kid you know, under a certain age, and it was just a lot on her. And and he spoke to her distinctly and said, this one's mine. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And I did not realize how I was marked by that story that my mom told me mul- multiple times. But it wasn't until recently that I realized that so much of my life direction has been uh, with God's hand on my shoulder, his finger in my back, uh, steering me. I'm not a Calvinist, and so I don't feel like my decisions were removed from me, that, that it's determinism. But I do, I do look back and see a number of places where God has, has steered me out of trouble and steered me through some challenging times. And that sense of being really um, at God's disposal is weighing more heavily on me now as I get older. But but the clarity that what I'm supposed to be doing at this moment for God is to try to help people understand the Bible, which makes Kingswood the perfect spot, right? Right, Because, right. because we're all about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if anybody ought to be educated in what it means to know the Bible, it ought to be a Bible college graduate. So I really feel like this is, a, this is the perfect, perfect place for me, not just at a Bible college, but at this Bible college, to do the things that God has gifted me and, and prepared me to do and called me to do. So it culmination sounds too final. Right. <laughs> yeah, but um, but it does have a culminating feel to it. 
And, so uh, it, like everything was leading up to absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah. the capstone. Yeah, thing. Keith yeah. Drury yeah. likes to say that that when we're looking ahead at life, we're all Arminians, and when we're looking back at life, we're all <laughs> right. we're all Calvinists. Right. So I'm in my Calvinist phase as <laughs> right, I'm looking right, back right. at seeing all the all the. Well, everything's much through. clearer looking back, isn't it, than it is looking forward? <laughs> so true. <laughs> so. Uh, so and you, how many years were you a were you a professor? I know you're a professor in Indiana. Like how many? Yeah, twenty two years in Indiana Wesleyan, yeah, okay. and then a little bit of time before that at a seminary in Pennsylvania, and then another Bible college in, in right. Pennsylvania. I, I did some teaching there, but most of my most of my ministry after my pastoral ministry, which was about ten years in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, then the rest of it has been working at. Christian Christian universities, right? Like this and that's another. I mean, those two things in the mix: the fact that you have that pastoral ministry experience, and and also, uh, also the teaching of the Bible is is a is a perfect match for what we do <laughs> what we do here at Kingswood for sure. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, you gave a you gave a, a message in chapel. It was the very first chapel we had this year, uh, and uh, it was a message that. Involved the uh, you talked a little bit about about deconstruction, which is uh, which is a real you know a buzzword and really really current right now in all kinds of different angles and people have different you know some pretty strong opinions about about it and and it all relates to our relationship with the Bible I think and what 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 Scripture means to us and and how whether it defines our life uh, or not and uh, so so um, what. For for you, like what what does that word mean? What is deconstruction? And then is there is there a good side of it? Uh, are there things that we can learn from that process? And then what do you see as the dangers, maybe, of of deconstruction? Yeah, I as I shared with everybody in chapel, you know, there's a certain amount of remodeling that has to go on in our in our faith, and I think there are certain points in our lives where if we don't remodel our faith, then we end up with uh, a faith that's too small for the challenges that we're facing. Sometimes people talk about a Sunday school faith or a grown-up faith. I don't like that because I've found Sunday school to be a really helpful thing, but right. um, but what they're getting at is a faith, a system of doctrine, a relationship that's too small to accommodate the challenges. And so there needs to be some remodeling. It's a kind of a molting of the skin, and and that has to happen. Um, and so when when somebody talks about they're deconstructing their faith, really, I think the question is, uh, what exactly are they trying to do at this point? And if they're just trying to remodel their faith to make sure that it's what they really believe and that they're that it suits um, their circumstances, and most importantly, that it reflects a mature understanding of Scripture and theology, then go for it. I wouldn't use the word deconstruction because you're using a word that's, that's um, really loaded with a kind of predetermined meaning that may not be what you intend. So I, I guess my, my heart goes out to those who are doing what they should be doing, choose the wrong word, and immediately raise all kinds of concerns, unnecessary concerns on the part of some, and maybe even puts them on a track that takes them where they don't want to go. The analogy that I used in chapel was, you know, when you're remodeling, it's great if you know what you're doing, but don't mess with load-bearing walls. 
Right. Like we were. Yeah, that is a good analogy. We were yeah. we were remodeling our kitchen and in Indiana, and uh, there was a an I beam that went right down the middle of the kitchen. I don't know anything about building, you right? Know? So I'm thinking, well, we can just we can just pull that out, and, and <laughs> the people were saying, oh no, you don't want to do that. The whole thing's going to come down, um, and that's where I think that um, people get in trouble is if they take away the things that which really were meant to hold up their lives and that's where that's where you have catastrophes happening and so really i i agree with you that deconstruction is is about the bible but i don't think it's all about the bible i think it's really about the lordship of right, christ right. in one's yeah. life yeah. and and that's where i think it's not so much a question of going in and finding what you really believe and how this, this more mature faith understands. It's taking authority over the Bible right, and deciding what you like. And you would never do that with anything else. You would never do that with, with your health. You know, right. you take expert opinion. Right. And you would certainly never do that in a legal situation where you'd go to the judge and tell him what you would like. And he, frankly, or she doesn't care what you would like. It's right. what the law says. So it's, uh, it's, it's disappointing when people call it kind of a growing up, a maturation, a coming of age of faith, when in fact it's a rejection of the authority of God in their lives. And that's never going to end well. Right, yeah. And deconstruction, like, the, you know, it is a loaded word. And, and uh, yeah. it always, at least, at least online, it seems to only run in one direction, yeah. you know. And so, uh, and so I remind people sometimes, like, you know, well, I grew up outside of the church, and I inherited all kinds of things. And uh, when I was in my 20s, I went through, you know, I, de I basically deconstructed my doubt. Hmm. And uh, and it was re replaced with a, a more biblical worldview, hmm. and so so deconstruction, you know, needs to run in. If we're really on, if we're being really honest, we need to put everything on the table yep. and, and say what what is real, what isn't, like what is true, hmm. what isn't, uh, and and so often, um, yeah, I see people making the mistake of because they believe something as a child. Um, they can they, they jump to the conclusion that that's a childish thing to believe uh, instead of just seeing it as a kind of a natural progression of when you mature you have to you know you have to graduate you know you graduate in your understanding of faith yeah. you know to different levels as you mature and obviously you know when you're uh, when you're when you're older and looking back it it looks a little different than when you're 24 and looking and looking yeah. forward yeah. You know? And and one of the th one of the reasons why all these remodeling jobs in my faith have only made it uh, more useful and valuable is because of the nature of the Christian faith. I mean, sometimes I would say in my head when I hear someone's deconstructing their Christian Christianity, and I'm saying if you're destructing if you're deconstructing Christianity, it's not Christianity you're deconstructing. Christianity is so broad and, and wide and, and diverse and um, fecund, you can't deconstruct it. It's too big. You can deconstruct your little corner of it, your, right, little, right. your little awareness of it, but, but it's, I, mean, I use the analogy in that sermon, 
it's like someone going to the edge of their lawn and saying the world is flat because I can't see the curvature of the earth from here. Right. And and the response would be get out more. Right. <laughs> Go talk to somebody that's seen <laughs> get it. Get out of Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 when you talk to people who've been around the world and have have seen the curvature of the earth, then you say, okay, well, and I guess I have to factor that in. But if all they have to work with is just the little bit that they've seen and been told, and that's not enough. There's right. way more to Christianity than you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what are what are some of the um, what are some of the dangerous trends that you've seen then from that, like uh, in in people's in people's lives if they approach it if they approach things the wrong way? Like, what are some of the scenarios you've seen play out? I think. For me, one of the most tragic is the person who says, I need, to be, I need to be a person of integrity, and I need to make sure that this is true. And, and when you think about that, Mike, that really is a worthy goal. Yeah. I mean, so what they're aiming at, and I'm thinking of a person right now, very close to me, who's, walking, who, who's uh, turning away from the faith, uh, having been raised in it, and, and I think in a healthy environment... Um, is really, he would say, it's a matter of integrity. And so, um, on the one hand, I want to applaud his integrity, his being true to himself. But at the same time, something's gone ter- terribly wrong if, if you're using your integrity as a way of um, not giving the whole story a fair shake. Right. You know what? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. Great. Go for integrity, but be willing to cast as much doubt on your doubts as you do on your faith. And I love that, what you've described there, doubting your doubts. Yeah. G.K. Yeah. Chesterton did, a, did a, a commentary, an introduction, really, to the book of Job. And in it, he talks about God's questioning of Job and just hitting him with so many questions. And almost to the point of embarrassment as you read it. But Chesterton's point was, uh, God was after Job to doubt, to celebrate his doubts, to take his doubts, and as Chesterton can put it, to, to take his doubts to the point where he even does the audacious thing of doubting his doubts. Right. And I think if, if this person that I'm thinking about, whose goal is integrity, if he was as intent on doubting his doubts as he has been on doubting his faith, he would be in the faith. Right, right. And so, uh, yeah. And so, uh, the the de- like the one one of the things I've noticed on all those on all those like house rebuilding shows is that everybody seems to love demo day. Like <laughs> there's so that everybody gets That's really true. excited yeah. and they get the big hammers out and everything and uh and and that's okay if if you've got a vision and a plan for the day after demo day. Yeah. You know, but but uh if demo day is just we're going to have a lot of fun tearing this thing down and uh but we don't really have any plan after that mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 not demo day is demo day is not positive then and i think that yep. i think a lot of uh i i think it's easy to get to get excited about um you know it's it's just easier to tear things down sometimes especially now. Actually, yeah especially, especially now, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, i was talking to somebody the other day who's in a political position position of leadership and he was just saying how difficult it has been in the last few years to be in this position of leadership and 
of course, I'm thinking of all the pastors that I know who've had a really difficult last couple of years, and it occurs to me that the real challenge here that's happening is to authority. Right. And to, yeah, all authority. All authority. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to the authority by which God intended us to flourish, that's dangerous. So if, if, if it's going to be demo day, great, but let's make sure you get somebody that knows about structural integrity, and let's make sure that, um, that you're demolishing something that isn't necessary and not something that is. Yeah. And for that, you really need the community around you. Because at any given moment, you and I might, I might say, well, I don't need that. Yeah. And you might say, Steve, come on. You know what that does? Right. I need that from yeah. you. And, it, and the deconstruction that takes place really in isolation or in the kind of, of um, mindset that says well, there's this a, is a there's good a, thing. Yeah, there's a faux community that happens online, I think, huh. that, that, that can be mistaken for real community. Mm-hmm. But often, you're 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 trusting people that have not really gained your trust at all. Like you don't really know anything other than what they presented online. Yeah. And so it's it's different than a face to face, more long term relationship where you've seen the person at their best and their oh, worst. Oh, but Mike, the, they say, yeah. you know, this person they were a Christian leader. Right. I mean, they've studied. They went to a Christian college. Right. So if they're walking away from their faith, then there must be nothing to the faith. Right. Yeah. And they need to yeah. talk to other people. They need to, to do what just Chesterton called giving a vote to the dead. Right. And listening to the voice of Christian tradition. and Because Christianity is way bigger than what that online community is telling you it is. Right. Right. And I think you're right about it being like a lordship issue. It's, a, yeah. it's kind of a heart issue. And so, and I, and I really believe that if you, if you go into something with the right heart... You know, you know, you're not you're not going to go off track. You're going to end up with the truth. But if you go into it, if we go into it carrying the the baggage, the skepticism, and the doubt, and uh, that uh, when I was every time I get uh, get outside of North America, like you know, outside of our culture a little bit, it's it's a little bit like taking a breath of fresh air. And one of the things I realize is the the skepticism and the doubt in our culture has kind of seeped in through my pores uh-huh. and I haven't even realized it. Hmm. Like I, it's, it's so, it's so ever present and so subtle. And so that I don't even realize that it's affecting me. Uh, and then I, I, I get in another culture and it's like, Oh, that has maybe like a more biblical worldview as, as a base. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh yes. Wow. Uh, this, this, I, I feel like I can breathe again, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize that that, that was happening mm. because it, it happened it happened so slowly, and uh, and so I think I think uh, um, I think yeah, it's healthy. It's healthy to have have some of those different voices yep. uh, kind of coming in, and and especially especially the it, it sounds creepy, but the voices of the dead, like yeah. uh, you know, like. For me, when I was a young Christian, reading Watchman Nee and uh, and just some of those, some of those thinkers that uh, yeah, think on a, a whole different level than I usually do, the deeper level than I do, uh, is really you know just really healthy for for arriving at truth. I mm-hmm. think, yeah. I think yeah. the common denominator between a Watchman Nee and a trip to China or somewhere right. else is 
you're getting a fresh perspective on the old word. And I think here scripture can be the best defense against deconstructing scripture because scripture is um, understood properly is the right answer to the questions you're really asking or ought to be asking. And so I think the value of, of travel and talking to Christians from, you know, communities where they might be persecuted or whatever is, is recognizing the, the way scripture is actually providing something for them that allows them to stay true. And the value of a watchman knee is this, you know, this person who lives through all the things he lived through but stays true. It's because of this perspective on Scripture. And so I, I think it's helpful to look at, okay, where's the best answer to the questions that everybody's asking? Right. And, and it's Scripture. Yeah. I mean, push beyond the what happens to the Canaanites and, and whether Scripture condones racism or whatever push beyond those important questions to the real fundamental questions of who am I? And then see who's answering that question best. Yeah, and which, and which, and which answer matches up with reality. Exactly. Closer, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So just a, a good, strong cup of coffee, you know, right. and an alarm clock is what kind of wakes us up from the, the delusion that we can find ourselves in because of the culture in which we find ourselves. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, you know, as much as, as much as there's a lot of caution we can give about subjective experience, I think, I think our experience with God, you know, kind of going back to what you said earlier about like how your life was marked by, mm -hmm. by that, uh, you know, by that kind of promise. Uh, uh, there's like I have I I don't. Like there's often times when I go, I go back to the night of my conversion hmm. where I was like, when, uh, cause we all, I think everybody goes through like those dark nights of the soul where mm -hmm. you have, where you have doubts or you wonder why is this sure. happening in my life? You know, all of those kind of things. But, um, you know, there's an experience with God back there in my history that I simply can't deny, mm -hmm. you know, I've never recovered from it. And that, uh, and that, you know, having that informs informs the way that that I that I approach that I understand scripture and then you know there's an interplay back and forth and uh, you know our, our chapel speaker today, earlier today uh, said something that stuck with me she said stories stick and there's something about stories yep. that are sticky and yep. stay with you they have kind of lasting impact and and uh, and uh, a lot of people that are that deconstruct in a negative way they're 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 kind of speaking sometimes out of their lack of experience with God. Do you know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. Like out of a, uh, they're speaking out of what they haven't experienced yet, not what, not what they have experienced. Yeah, and, uh, it's deconstruction, philosophically and both in the way that we're using it now, is um, is really a characteristic of postmodernity. And postmodernity is one of the characteristics is. A mistrust of meta narratives. So there can't be a narrative big enough to fit everybody. Right. Therefore, this book that claims to offer a meta narrative must be wrong. So it's kind of a preconception of, of the Bible's being wrong because it offers this meta narrative. Um, powerful is the role of story. And if you, even if you can't accept the meta narrative, accept my narrative right. or your narrative or the narrative of this person that you trust. 
give some validity to that until you're able to see how all of these narratives fit together into what makes the most sense of the world, which is the meta narrative of Scripture. But testimony and, and the role of meta narrative, I think, or the role of narrative, the role of story is, is powerful, it's indisputable. Yeah, and that, and that, like you say, the breaking down of, uh, you know, not just, not just saying like this isn't true, but postmodernism takes us from this isn't true to is there even such a category as truth, right. which is, yeah. and that's a, dangerous, <clears throat> that's a dangerous place to be because really all you have to rely on after that is yourself mm -hmm. uh, because, you, you know, it puts, it puts self at the center measuring kind of measuring everything else instead of letting letting the scripture kind of measure us and so even worse yeah. it puts your feelings at the center yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> and 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 i think the honest okay if you're going to deconstruct um you're you're heading down a path that leads to nihilism don't don't think that you can stop at some point and say well then this is true right i mean there is no truth but this is true you, i mean that's inconsistent be consistent and, and ask yourself, is that really where you want to go? I was reading a book by an atheist uh, not too long ago, and, and it was a powerful um, statement of this atheist manifesto kind of thing. <clears throat> and, and I have to give the guy credit. He got to the end of this manifesto and basically said, you know, it really doesn't matter. And it was a very nihilistic ending to, you know, let's just do our best until we you know, until we're gone. And it was a hopeless, hopeless ending, but it was honest. Right. But that is where you're into honesty. That, that is the go. end of the road. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, is that really the, the, the ending that you're aiming for? Because if you're going to be consistent and live out with integrity, that's the road you're on. And that's where you're eventually headed. If you just do away with the possibility of truth. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah. And it ultimately leads to, you know, the, the the tearing down of truth in our culture and, and authority i think you know we 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 all sense the chaos in the world right now that mm -hmm. sense of something has shifted and there's a lot there's a lot more chaos that and it's somehow connected to our rejection or distrust of authority and that you know in an individual's life one of the things that i've noticed is is yeah you don't you don't expect to end up there like you don't start out uh, thinking this road is going to lead there, but ultimately, ultimately it does it does lead to chaos mm. uh, rather than order, and uh, and so it's uh, uh, I don't I don't know of many uh, I don't know many uh, de deathbed repentances tend to be you know turning to God. Mm. Uh, I don't know too many people who have lived their whole life for God and at the end go. You know what? I think I was wrong. I'm going to yeah, deny all that yeah, right before I die, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> so I think... You, you, said some, you said something a few minutes ago I want to come back to. Yeah. Um, these experiences with God, and you referenced your own conversion. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would have to deny a fundamental experience in your life, a fundamental reality for you uh, that's guided your life all these years. You would have to deny all that to deny your faith. That's part of your story. But... I would say for, for you and for me, there are those daily interactions with God that you would also have to deny. Right. Um, this morning, getting up and, and opening the Word and writing in my journal the burden that I felt on my heart and just watching God 
kind of lift that from me this morning. The speaker that was talking about, right. you know, how has God showed up in the hours since you've been awake? And that was where my mind went. went. I, I would have to deny that reality in order for me to deny my faith. Right. As well as the reality of, of those moments, those big moments that have been shaping for my life. And so I think one of the one of the things we try to do here is to give students the opportunity to have those moments, <clears throat> which some point later down the road, they're going to need to remember right. where God met them at this point and where God did something fundamental in their lives. The freedom is there to walk away, but they would have to deny that happened. Right. And I think the more of those that people can experience, the stronger they'll be able to be when they feel this pressure yeah. to, to give it all up. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, like I, I kind of came to the conclusion like there was a certain point where I got like, because I have the first Bible, uh, I still have the first King James Bible somebody gave me after I became a Christian, you know, kind of in my early 20s. And uh, it's funny because some of the notes in the margin, like there was one, there was one, there's one place where I've, there, there's a note where I, I disagree with the scripture. Like I strongly <laughs> disagree with the scripture and I've, I've written it in. And uh, I think we all, like ultimately we come down to this place where, and I think Billy Graham like experienced this. Uh, in his twenties as well, from from the, some of the stories uh, that he tells, that you you just come to this point where you realize, like, either I just have to accept by faith that this is the word of God, and I'm going to let it judge me, yep. or I become the judge of the scripture. But it's really one or the other, and so I have to decide where these two, which one, which one I, I'm going to embrace, where they lead, and I'm just going to have to, you know, that is what my that's going to be my life. I'm yep. going to I'm going to kind of live with live with that i i agree and yeah. i've had that moment yeah. actually I've had those moments it's a it's a daily reaffirmation and while i'm more settled and secure in my understanding of the faith and my commitment to it lifelong um there ha it has to be a continual reaffirmation of that right the enemy will do everything in his power to discourage his discouragement is so powerful these days. And there, there's almost a, a sense where you have to say, yeah, even if he slays me, I'll trust him. You know, that yeah. Job moment again. Yeah. 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 And that's a, you know, I think that's, if there is a, I think if there is like a line where you cross like into at least some level of maturity, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's that line there mm -hmm. where, where you, where you, where you say at, at this point, no matter what the circumstances of my life are, I'm, I'm going to trust him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And it may look from the outside, well, well you're, you've just been in it so long, it'd be too hard for you to right, give it right. up. But from the inside, it's, it would be way easier right. for me to say, you know, chuck this. But, yeah. but then I'd have to be honest and say, and deny all that I know, that I've known to be true, and deny the way that God has been faithful to me. I mean... I have so much evidence right. that's accumulated in the in the sixty years since I've been a Christian to deny all that. It's like it's like I was just married forty years in August, and Eileen and I often talk about how difficult it would be. I mean, we we hear of couples that have been married for a while and twenty five years or thirty years, and they walk away from each other. And one time Eileen asked a counselor friend of hers, you know, how, how did that happen? 
And the counselor's response was essentially, they didn't build all those stories right. into their lives. And so for you and Colleen, for Eileen and me, there are so many bonds that we've knit over yeah, the years. You build up a whole history oh, there. Yeah. That, you know, and the idea of yeah. giving up on that, yeah, you gotta be kidding me. Well, yeah. it's even more in the faith. Right, right. Yeah, because we have a we we build a history with God and that uh, and like you said, and that history is full of evidences that confirm our faith. Yeah. 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 As well as lots of unanswered questions. Oh yeah, you have to you have to be okay with that part, right? Yeah. That there's going to be things that you just are not going to understand. And if a person can't accept that, that's a lordship issue. Right, right. Because if you if you will only accept a God whom you can fully comprehend his ways, then he's not much of a God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this has been a good a good discussion. I usually I usually kind of wrap up. Can uh, I these, can these I do are, one more? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. One more thing, because yeah. I really I wanted to make sure that I mentioned this, yeah. and, and that is at the heart of this relationship that we're talking right. about. That is so solidifying and stabilizing is the person of Christ. It it's one thing to walk away from the faith. It's one thing to to deconstruct one's Christianity, but to actually think of looking Christ in the eye. And saying, I don't buy it. To me, rationally, that's such a denial of a fundamental fact of history that Christ came and said and did things that have actually changed the course of history. Can I really stand here and say, nah, right. I don't buy it? Right. I mean, you could, right. but to me, the greatest solidifying, solidifying factor in one's faith is I want to know him, right? And the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made like him in his death, so that I may somehow be made like him in his life. I, mean, I don't think you can get a purpose bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that that you can't deconstruct that. Yeah. Yeah. And you might have already. I, I was what I was going to say. You might have already answered it. Was I, I usually I usually end with you know if there's one thing, if there's one thing that you could say to, uh, like encouraging encourage anybody uh, who who might be really wrestling you know with their with their faith right now you know and you just had like one sentence one shot to uh, to kind of give them uh, to help them. What would it What would it be? Yeah, that would yeah. be it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. And if you can just let some of those other things hang out there unanswered for the moment and just turn your attention to Christ and ask yourself if there's anything better than what he offers with a relationship. And those other things will come into play right. at, at the right time and in the right ways. But it's, he's at the heart of it. And the more he's at the heart of it, the more difficult it will be to walk away from it. Yeah, and there's more some, than a sentence. Sorry, yes, right? yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's great. And uh, and yeah, and often, often the questions and the like, often the the stuff that's being wrestled over is it, it's more uh, abstract and theoretical. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when it comes right down to the person of Christ, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is there's something. There's just something about the person of Christ as he's presented in the scripture that's incredibly attractive mm. to to everybody to you. Yeah. Like I've met 
I've met you know, hundreds of people who have told me that they're not religious or that they don't believe this or they don't believe that or they have, but I've, I've, I've never met anybody that said like, Jesus is an idiot. I don't really like him. Like nobody ever attacks the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's always these peripheral things that mm -hmm. have kind of gathered up around the faith, I think. And uh, one of the analogies that I've had, when I was in Israel, you know, when we were kind of in the church of the Holy Sepulcher, uh, there was, uh, you know, there's so much ornamentation, so much stuff that is, you know, and it's and it's all overlaid on this, the this supposedly the you know this this very sacred spot uh, where Jesus was, and and but there's there's it's it's like there's two thousand years of man-made religion laid over it, yeah, and uh, and and I think, yeah, a lot a lot of a lot of what we have to do is 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 like stripping that away mm. so that we can really see Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, and when we really when we really see Jesus, He will draw us yeah. to Himself, right? So, mm. yeah. Well, this has been good. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate yeah, it. My and, pleasure. Uh, Thanks maybe for having we'll, me. Maybe we'll do this again that sometime. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Appreciate it.